Well, hey, Kairos, uh, as always, it is so good to be worshiping with you uh, tonight. I'm Danny. I'm the campus minister here at Hope Ames. I also get to be a part of Kairos. And it is my absolute privilege to introduce to you all um, someone who's more than a friend to me. Uh, when I introduce you to people um, or when I talk about you to people, I say, yeah, that's my Uncle Mike. Um, this is Pastor Michael Hurst, uh, pastor of uh, Elam, Elam Christian Fellowship in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Um, I call you my Uncle Mike because sure. you and my dad go deep. Uh, with one another. And uh, it's funny, somebody's asked me before, how long have you known Pastor Michael? And I tell him, I don't remember not knowing Pastor Michael, but it's been 25 years. I'm 27. Right. And it's been 25 years. Yes, you were two. So that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So you and my dad, man, uh, it's more than friendship. It's brotherhood. Yes, absolutely. And so it's, what I love about it is it's more than, um, I think what people could see on the surface. You guys are both Pastors, partners in the city, that's awesome. Um, and yet, you are the one um, who called me, you know, when my dad was sick. Yes. You know, I remember when I'm 11 years old, I'm at my grandpa's funeral. Yes. You walk in and I hear, house, yes. you know, oh, oh yes. come here, you know, yes. and it's you. Yes. You know, and that, that's, that's uh, it's, it's funny, they're, they're the things um, that run deeper than blood. Blood is, oh, absolutely. blood is the substance of the physical body, but man, spirit is the substance of our soul, and, and I think that's where we're, we're connected. Yes, sir. And so I'm grateful for you. Uh-huh. I'm grateful for you. And uh, you have taught me, um, as much as anyone mm. about the way that God makes us one. Wow. Jesus says in John chapter 17, he's praying. This is his, you know, his last prayer before he's you know, heading up, um, before he's about to be betrayed. And he says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and that they may be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. What I think is crazy about that is Jesus knew multiracial, multicultural family. Yes. Because that's what he came from. Yes. You know, it tells us Jesus' genealogy. He knows that he didn't come to mute the differences between us, but he came to help us bring those differences into harmony with one another. And, yes. and you've shown me that. And so I'm grateful for that, especially um, in a season like now. Wow. Yeah. A season like now. And, and a season like now where we are not uh, experiencing racism for the first time, but maybe we're remembering how severe it can be and how severe yes. it is, not just can be. Um, and you uh, have experiences in life that I, I don't have and I never will have. Right. Um, but something that's really interesting to me is, you know, you're not just experiencing these things today, but, you know, you are, you're a pastor, you are a scholar, Michigan State, um, uh, Colgate Seminary. I mean, you, you are highly educated and you're also a historian of these types of things, not only because sure. you studied it and read it, but because you lived it. Yes. And I so did. I'm curious about what were your experiences growing up um, for our students to hear and what does that shape, the, how does that shape the way that you see what's happening today? Wow. Uh, it, it, you know, it was a generational problem because hmm. um, uh, we had just come off getting the right to vote in 1965, Martin Luther King, you know, he went to Selma and even though the bridge was blocked in Selma, it was built to Washington hmm. and Lyndon Johnson called Martin Luther King to Washington. So a lot of people don't know African-Americans didn't get the right to vote till 1965. Hmm. That's not that long ago. Hmm. Okay. So when you're talking about being product of the protests, um, we still didn't have what we needed. So in 1967, the reason I say I'm a product of protest, the riots happened two places in the United States. Hmm. Uh, Watts, California and Detroit, Michigan. Where am I from? Detroit, Michigan. So you have a nine-year-old child hearing gunshots and people screaming and my parents and everybody hollering up. And 
I knew something massive was going on, but I couldn't comprehend it. I just was scared. And so my parents were like, you know, just go hide in the room. And so after the 67 riots, man, our lives changed dramatically. Because before the 67 riots, it was a red line um, in Detroit, Michigan. All black people or African-American people lived east of Woodward. All white people lived west. The only way black people could go west was in the daylight. But when the street lights came on, that was their signal, get back over to your side of town. After the 67 riots, they moved that red line. And we were one of the first five families to move from east Detroit to west. And that's what I'm saying. And, and you're talking about, did my life change? My father got a way better job. Uh, you know, I got better educational opportunities. Um, you know, our economic uh, uh, equality improved, employment improved, opportunities improved. It changed all because of a protest. All because of people saying how long we're tired of being treated like second, third, and fourth class citizens. So what I see today, man, it is a replica. But the only thing happened back then, it, you know, it wasn't so much, um, you know, police brutality. It was uh, on the heels of not being able to use the same bathroom as a white person, not being able to drink out of the same water fountain as a birth a white person, not being able to eat at the same counter. So can you imagine? So it was a demarcation of uh, uh, hierarchy, um, of, you know, the societal norm. So this was just how it was. So now when we moved west of Woodward Avenue, I was afforded all the things that we protested about. And so that's why when I say I'm a product of the protest, I am. And that's why I am exhorting, encouraging, you know, the Black Lives Matters movement. Get something, you know, uh, massive out this deal because people are listening. And um, I feel the same vibe because when it was time after the 67 riots, when it was time to come to the table, everybody was listening. And shortly after that, we got one of the first black mayors in America. Coleman Young. And you can Google all of it, so it's not like I'm making it up. Uh, so when Coleman Young became a black mayor in a town that was 95% black, then everything changed. Black police chief, black attorney general, black. So black, black, black. So I grew up with that model, so I'm very aware uh, about protests. It's hard for people like me, my age, to imagine a world where that happens, where yes. black people can't vote, where we can't use the same restroom. Right. That's crazy for us to think about. And yes. yet, like you said, that's not that long ago. Not that long ago. So not you that long saw ago. huge breakthrough in your life. Yes. What's the breakthrough that we need to see today? Well, you know, uh, you know it's sort of the same thing. You know, uh, we all got to come to the table as one. You know, with everybody saying, you're not the problem, I'm not the problem. Racism is the problem. You're not the problem. I'm not the problem. Income inequality is the problem. You know, you know, we have to identify the problem. And the problem is, is not racism. You know, the problem is systemic that racism has been hiding up under. By George Floyd getting killed, uh, police, systemic, <laughs> 
foot on the neck, I can't breathe, um, societal. So uh, that's what has to happen because look what it had to take for them to move that red line. Look what it had to take for an institution like Michigan State to say, wow, our minority enrollment is too low. We need to increase it. Look what it took Ford and GM and Chrysler to open up. It, it, some big changes had to be made. And because if they was not made, I would have hate to see the result. And that's why I'm so glad that I am seeing movement of people meaning. But this is a marathon and not a sprint. So we just don't want no short-term gains. Come on, I got the gain, and I was nine. But I didn't get the gain to, you know, I was 20, 21. So, you know, it's going to take some time, but the conversation starts right now. And um, a college ministry, it's you guys. You guys make the change. You guys get with African-American and black because you have an identity this is so funny to me. You see, I'm jumping back between black and African-American. Some of us, we don't know what to call us. We started off as colored, okay? Then we went from color to what? Negro. Then we went, went from Negro to Afro-American. Then from Afro-American to black. Then from black to African-American. Wow, which one am I? But an Italian, still an Italian. A German, still a German. A Norwegian, still a Nor A Frenchman, still a Frenchman. We done been about seven or eight things. So again, so now you see the problem that needs to be addressed. It just needs to be addressed. And I just feel the time is now. You know, you don't, I've told you this before. Um, and I'm so grateful for you because you don't, you don't owe it to me to be here. Right. You don't owe it to me to explain things. You don't owe it to our college ministry. And yet you're, sure. you're here. Sure. You're here. And sure. um, as a white person living in Ames, Iowa, yes. um, where it is predominantly white, living in yes. Iowa where it's 90% white yes. and only 3.5% black, Yes. how in the world can I help? How in the world can I join this movement? What, what do I need to do? How can I be a part of reconciliation? Right. Oh, man. You got to be intentional. You really do. You got to be intentional about it. You guys aren't operating under any other phobias that we were. You know, uh, you guys have a different outlook on the other race. Uh, you know, you know, my son's 28. Come on. He grew up with you. He's really confused by this. He doesn't understand this because why? He doesn't see color. That's why you guys got to be the bondage breaker on this one. You just do. So it's easier for you to say, I'm going to be intentional to just, you don't have to even go out of your way to be friends. or like, hey, how about this? How you doing today? Wow. I don't cause, I mean, just start there. You don't have to come up with, you know, uh, a cure for cancer. Start there. How you doing? How's those cyclones? Do you like Iowa? Do you, you know, just like you would if they were the same color as you. Just get to know them. And then if you start there without looking at, uh, you know, any of the other stuff, you got it made. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Kairos is uh, a Christian ministry. Amen. Here you go. There's Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So if we are a Christian, we, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And so uh, let's just act like that. Just wear our Christian banner 
And that's what I do. And regardless, everybody may not be feeling this, but I'm here because I'm fighting for the cause. I'm fighting for that six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old right now in Des Moines, Iowa, who may not have cereal for their breakfast this morning. That's who I'm fighting for. And if I got to drive up to Ames, I drive to Minneapolis if I have to. Because if it wasn't for somebody doing that for me, where would I be right now? I'm living a dream, American dream, man. I'm really. I'm, so, man, too much is given, much is required, expected, and demanded. And, okay, and God has given me a lot. I'm not going to even apologize for that. Because the Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 33, 37 and 4, if y'all writing it down. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. If you love God and love your neighbor and, and, and have faith of a grain of a mustard seed, mm. he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Now, you just can't get that without an effort. Mm. Okay. And the effort is in verse 5 of Psalm 37. Commit yourself and trust also in him and he shall direct your path. So there's an effort. So you talking about what can I do? Well, you know, I want to help. Be intentional with your effort. Mm. You know, outreach, mm. you know, and you don't have to do nothing spectacular. Hi, how you doing? That's it. You ain't got to get all theological and ontological and diabolical. Mm. Hi, mm. how you doing? That's how me and your dad met. Wow. We didn't start off with where you went to seminary, how many kids. Hi, how you doing? What's your name? And now, 25 years later, look, we're standing at the Capitol at a Black Lives Matter movement talking about Jesus Christ is the way. Wow. For some context on that, uh, on Saturday, there was a march. And yes. we marched together last Thursday. You and I, we marched together on Saturday. Yes. On Saturday, both you and my dad spoke. Yes. Um, and it was powerful. I mean, yes. thousands of people standing together, multiracial, multicultural, yes. saying, we want justice. Yes. We want reconciliation. Yes. So it's there. The yes. fire for it is there. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of almost cracking up at myself for a second because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm saying, wow. And that's a response that I give to people a lot when I'm like, that's mind blowing. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's just my natural reaction when I sure. hear something that's true, you know? Yes. You know what's funny? What? I got that from you. Okay. Because we hang out with each other. Yes. Because you've shown up at my house. Yes. Because you show up in the crucial moments of my life. Yes. I'm still me. I'm yes. still Danny Household. Yes. But Michael Hurst is in me. Yes. Like yes. we can be in one another. Yes. And still have our unique individual voice. Yes. Man. But we can wow. sing together. Yes. Yes, we can. I love that. Yes, we can. I remember it wasn't it wasn't that long ago at all. You invited me to speak at your church and yes. uh, it was the best sermon I've ever given in my life because wow. people were responding. Oh, man, you know? man. And so yeah. I've learned to respond. Yes, you know? absolutely. Wow. I mean, yes. you got to yeah. get excited about God. Yeah. They got to see our light. We are the light. It's a dark world out there. Hmm. Whenever a policeman kneels on somebody's neck, for that's dark. Hmm. That's a dark place. Hmm. Can you imagine his mindset? He had to feel the life. Man, that's a dark, come on, you know how many times I've laid down for eight minutes and for, man, that's a long time. Where's the light? Where is the light? We are the light. We are the light. 
And protest is that the church it was built on protest. Come on, Luther protested against the Catholic Church and left. Come on, 95 theses. You know, I've been to the cemetery. I mean the seminary. You know, Luther, I know it. You know, Council of Nicaea. I mean, I know the Protestant Reformation. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. But get something out of it. It's deeper than in our blood to stand up for justice and yes. to protest for justice. It's in our spirit. Yes. It is in that substance that makes up our soul. Absolutely. And what the devil used to divide us is our cultural differences. All we need is a bridge. Me and your dad, you look at us, man. People laugh. I mean, we are so diametrically opposed. We alike. Yeah. He's yeah. tall. I'm short. He's, you know, he's a, a pastor's kick. You know, I'm from the hood and misunderstood. I mean, if you really look at it on paper, you would say it would never work. But it does. Because of our heart. And that's what people need to see. And when they see that, then uh, we don't need to complex simplicity. But I do believe in my heart that change is going to come from Gen Z, Gen Y, and the millennials. I just do believe in my heart. If you go back to history, the reason African-Americans didn't like Martin Luther King because when it was time to get a spokesman for Selma and when it was time for somebody to be the one in the spotlight, Martin Luther King had just got his Ph.D. from Boston College. He, he only had been a pastor for a very short time, maybe six months. But they picked him. Young, fresh, unscathed. And that's what it was going to take. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take somebody young and fresh with new ideas. That's what it's going to take. What's standing in the way of making those jumps? Pride. The system. Resistance to change. People don't want change. People, they resist change. People would rather stay in the pain that they know rather than run to the love that they don't know. Yes. Somebody can say, come over here and I'll love you. But then the other person is beating you up, physically abusing you. And the other person says, come over here, I love you. You will stay with the abuse rather than go to the unknown. There's a great fear of the unknown. There's a fear of the unknown when it comes to myself and what I believe about myself and what I'm capable of and what God's calling me to. Yes. Oh, and there's a real fear about what I don't know about other people too. Yes. Yes. And that's caused, uh, that's built up some serious walls between ourselves and even between yes. knowing ourselves. Yes. And how do you knock down a wall? <laughs> build, start, yeah. build relationship. Yeah. How do you knock down a wall? Build relationship. And that is the key. Let me throw this out. We were created to be relational beings. God created us in his image. Wait for it. To have relationship with him. That's why God created us. So we are relational beings. A relationship with God, a relationship with ourselves, and a relationship with our neighbor. And when one of those relationships are fractured, then we're not being our complete self. Wow. In the eyesight 
of God. Oh my God. And you know we want relationship. I mean, my generation, or at least the people maybe a few years older than me, we developed social media so we could be more connected. Yes. But it's got to be deeper than that, right? Yes. It's got to be more than virtual because there are a lot of us right now who are making statements on social media and we're getting the likes for it. And frankly, right. we're getting likes from people who look like right. us because our friends on social right. media look right. like us. Right. They've got the same experience. Right. Right. So we got to punch through that wall right. and say, here's my hand. Right. <laughs> and for someone to punch through the wall and say, here's my hand. Too. Right. Now, you just hit it. It's a whole new world. Social media. I knew we were going to get there because that's how the millennials, Gen Z, and Gen Y operates. I got to say this because I want my son to watch it. I don't understand, son. When I call you up on the phone, you will never answer. And then when I text you before I hit send, you already done text me back. I don't understand that. So I know you have the phone exactly in your hand, but you don't want to talk. You rather text. So that's a great question of what you asked. So then you have to put that relationship on the internet. You and somebody of color, you got to do a video together. You got to post something together. You got to, come on, you got to use the internet as a mechanism so others can see you have relationship. Why do you think me and your dad are making such an impact in Des Moines area? Because we have relationship. When they see us, they know I'm not a constituent. They know I'm a brother beloved because we have relationship. And that's how you have to do it. One thing that stood out to me over this past week, and you and my dad, you both spoke, and that was a very public thing, but you walked together three nights, two nights before. Yes. Privately. Yes. In the back of the crowd for yes. nobody to see. Because you and I, we can't develop a relationship in front of the camera. No, you can't do it. We can't. We've developed a relationship over 25 years. Exactly. And the, here's the beautiful, here, here's, here's the godly thing about it. Here's what I love about it. Here's the welcome into God's family. When this started, I had nothing to do with it. No. Our relationship, that was you welcoming me into your family. Yes. And what is, what, that's the nature of God, isn't it? Yes. It is, I know you're a child of God before you know you're a child ah. of God. Yes. And how many of us need to be reminded of that right now? Yes. Not even of just about ourselves, but about that seven, eight, nine-year-old kid. Yes. And say, oh, God loves that person so much. What are yes. you going to do for him? Yes. Mm. Yes. Our job as Christians is Acts the 17th chapter says it's a turn the world upside down. That's our job as a Christian. Our job as a Christian is go, tell, baptize, you know, you know uh, evangelize. That's our job as a Christian. We have a job to do. You're just not saved just to be saved. You're saved for a purpose, Romans 8, 28. And we know all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are what? Called according to, it's, it's the purpose. Proverbs 16, you get a plan, you get a purpose, the Lord will establish it. So that's what we need as a Christian. And that's, that's why I'm here because we got a plan. We got a purpose. You know, I told you today, you know, I'm going to hook you up with the Black Lives Matter. You know, come on. We got a plan. We got a purpose. But first, what did I tell you? It starts off with intentional relationship. You can't fake this stuff. You can't. Matter of fact, because it's so volatile, people can smell fake a mile away. That's why Saturday when your dad say, that's my guy, you see everybody who just went, yeah. yeah. Because they've seen us together over the last 20 years and they know. Hmm. Intentional relationship. You got to be intentional because it just doesn't happen. Because cultures say you gravitate to people who look like you and you gravitate to people who look like you. 
You know, it's like when you mention in the men's ministry. Before you got there, uh, you know, it's a anybody can come any man multicultural and, and we just chase Jesus. So it's 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 not a denomination. It's just a bunch of men getting together, panting after God like the deer panted by the water brook. We just it's men who really, really love the Lord for real. So we get together eight o'clock on a Saturday morning and we get into the word and we have a good breakfast and great fellowship. But when I first started it, you know, 100, 125 guys come. The white guys would go to this side and the black guys would go to this side. Now watch it. I was just so excited that the ministry was growing. I never said anything. They were all in the same room and they all said amen. And so I was saying this thing is really great. Then one Saturday, I just got upset. I said, I'm not starting today. Everybody get up right now. And they was looking. I said, now, look at this. The white guy's over here. The black guy's over here. Mix that up. Mix that up. Not only will you not get any spiritual food, you won't get any worldly food. You won't get that breakfast. Boy, the men got up, and it's been mixed up ever since. Intentional. Because why? They've been seeing each other every week. But we just gravitate to what looks like us. It's only natural. It's only natural. It's only natural. So you got to be intentional about that. You guys, as a high school man, you, you got you to seek that out. Uh, build relationship uh, first before you reach out. Build a relationship first. So if you go into an area of people don't look like you, you already with some people who look like them. So what happens there? A wall comes down. Oh, you know Rick, okay? Oh, man, Rick. Yeah, man, that's my guy. And then, all right, so right away I'm accepting of you. If you not win Rick and you a white guy run up on me, talk about how you doing, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, because of all of the stuff the world says how we should be. I meet my friends because my friends have friends. There you go. And it's funny, you're right. When, when you invited me to preach there at the, at the men's ministry, we ate. And, and it wasn't, we're going to eat just to eat and get done and leave. We ate and we stayed and we talked for another hour. Yep. We just hung out. Yes. I mean, that, that's love. That's friendship. That's yes. brotherhood. Yes. You know, that's, that's, that's where brotherhood, sisterhood comes in. You yes. know, it's, it's, we're not here to pass time just because we have something to do, but because we really love each other. Exactly. Yeah. That's it, man. That is, that's the golden grail for real. It's the fellowship. You, you're the kind of person where I've just always admired this about you. God just gives you vision. Yes. God gives you big vision. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of people out there who are angry right now. I'm angry. I've, I've said sure. this to you. I'm angry. Um, in the book of Ephesians, it doesn't say if you get angry. It doesn't say, you know, might you get angry someday. It is when you're angry. Yes. You know, and then it talks about how to handle that. That's what it what, says. What, what does... What's the vision to do with our anger? What, what, what's the vision for us to walk forward with this anger that we have? You know, the Ephesians then goes on and say like, hey, don't let the anger control you. Mm -hmm. The Bible instead tells us, let the love control the anger. What does that look like, Michael? Well, you know, let me sum it up like this. Your spirit got to tell your flesh to shut up. That's what has to happen. The love part got to tell the hate, shut up. I'm in control of this situation here, right? So your spirit has to tell your flesh to shut up. So as we move forward, what happens when you encounter, you know, I'm doing this all, and, and, and it can be a kumbaya moment. 
Because if it's a kumbaya moment, as soon as your feelings get hurt, what are you going to do? You're going to retreat right back to your hole and say, see, I tried. Okay. But if you are committed to bake a cake, you got to crack some eggs, baby. You got to crack some eggs. That's why we went on Thursday. I wanted to see what, you know, I mean, how hypocritical of that, of me to me, to just say, I only want to show up in a rally when there's thousands of people there and I get to speak. Wow. But I wanted to have some ammunition. If somebody said, you ain't never been out here, I could say, yes, I have, by myself, with Pastor Mike, and now here. So you have a reference point. And so that's why we were out Thursday, and people noticed that. They, if you didn't think they didn't notice us Thursday, why do you think everybody was there Saturday? Come on, I'm about to help you. It was amazing. We're walking in the back, and, uh, and I'm thinking we're not noticed or anything. And, 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 and no, honestly, nobody noticed me, but... I'm telling you, a dozen people at yes. a dozen different times come up like, you know, it's Mike and Mike. You know, yeah. Pastor Mike, Pastor right. Mike, Pastor Mike. Right. You know, you guys are brothers. Your father right. gave you the same name. I don't know how right. it works. But, you know, Pastor Mike, we love you. You know, and all that stuff. And, and, and they're hugging you. And it's amazing that these people, uh, no matter what crowd you two walk into, people know who you are. And yes. it's not because of what you've done, but because it's who you've told those other people who they are. Yes. And you've reminded them yes. that they matter. Yes. That they're valuable. Yes. And when we see people who tell us that I matter and I'm valuable, oh, I want to run to them. Yes. I want to give them a hug. Yes. There's nothing standing between me and that nope. person. Build. It's because I built relationship. Now, here's the shout, Kairos. And we had on mask. Mm. Yeah. So it's like they had to know our height, our body shape. We, because sometimes people were saying hi and I wouldn't speak. And then they would take their mask off and look real mean. I say, well, I can't tell who you are without the. You got a mask on, but that's what really blew me away, and that's what I told Cheryl, my wife. I said, baby, people recognize me, and I had on the mask. Mm. So you're right. Why? Because we built relationship. It's like they see us as Jesus, and they're Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus went up in a tree because he couldn't see, and uh, he felt uh, isolated. He felt like his voice, oh, Jesus, his voice wasn't heard, you know. He felt less than until Jesus said, ah, Zacchaeus. He didn't call him out, say you're a tax collector. He didn't say hey, you're stealing the people. He didn't go over any of his sin, did he? All he said was Zacchaeus, what? I'm having dinner with you tonight. Relationship. That's what it is, baby. Mary and Martha. Mary, busy, working, just Jesus in the house. She cleaning up, thinking he care about how clean her house is or how good her food is. Mary is at his feet. Sam, like Martha, Jesus is here. And you cleaning up? To be so involved in someone's life and to care for them so much that they would know your presence even when you're covered head to toe. That's, I mean, that, that, is, that is the Holy Spirit in the world. That, and that's, that's the action of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so present, so working, so moving, that even though we do not see the Holy Spirit with our eyes, our physical eyes, with eyes of faith, we recognize the Holy Spirit moving, breathing, reconciling, healing this world because God refuses to stay out. He gets involved. He doesn't say, let me show you how to get to me. He says, let me become one of you so that you know me. Jesus. 
um, you're my uncle. I introduce you as Uncle Mike. And uh, the, stu- the hundreds of students who are watching us, um, they're, they're my family too. And so now you're family with them and they're family with you. And Amen. so, uh, you know, you're Pastor Michael and I've been talking to you as Pastor Michael here, but, but also as Uncle Mike, I, I just, I want to know, would you be willing to um, pray over our students? Absolutely. You guys are the future. Really, you are the most important resource or gift that we have. And as the older generation is transitioning, if we don't pour into you, even Jesus went and got 12 disciples to pour into, to uh, carry on the ministry. Acts 1, it says he ascended up into heaven and they couldn't believe it. And then watch Jesus. He looked down and say, why are you gazing? I, I didn't give you the Holy Spirit. I didn't give you Go to work. So Kairos, that's what I'm telling you. And I'm going to pray for you that you have the wherewithal to not gaze into the world. But in Acts 1.8, you receive the Holy Spirit and power. Go to the verse to do what? Be a witness. Where? Jerusalem. In your house. Judea. In your neighborhood. Samaria. The undesirables. The people who don't want it. The racist. The sexist. The prostitutes. The alcoholic. Your light has to shine so much that they'll turn around. And then take it to the uttermost parts of the world. Kairos, it's time to go to work. As college students, you guys have the biggest voice. Use it. That's my prayer for you. In the name of Jesus. So God, right now in the name of Jesus, at the sound of my voice, every Kairos individual... Every, every student on Iowa State's campus, everybody in Ames, everybody in the surrounding area, God. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know you're depending on us to share the love and acceptance of Jesus Christ. And when we lock arm in arm, when we have one mind in agreement, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, for those who serve him, for those who seek him this is my prayer for this kairos ministry consecrated and anointed in the name of jesus yes i'm talking about mary's baby boy the carpenter from galilee the rose of sharon lily of the valley bright and morning star ah it's in his awesome name that I pray. Hallelujah and amen. Uncle Mike. Yes, sir. I love you, man. I love you too, man. Gonna, love you, Kairos. Time to go to work. Worship. Yep, let's do it, guys. This is uh, this is the beginning. 
beginning of the conversation, and we're going to keep on we're going to keep on doing this. All right, let's continue to worship. <laughs>